Ernest, what's up? Look, in the world of personal finance management, finding the right tool is crucial. If you've been relying on Mint to keep your personal finances in check, I got a mix of news for you. Mint is closing down. But here's a silver lining. Monarch Money is stepping up as the go-to financial app and users, including myself, are making the switch with a smile. Before Monarch, juggling my finances felt like navigating a stormy sea. Other apps either lacked features or were too cumbersome. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design turned financial management from a chore into a breeze. The constant updates, well, that's the cherry on top. But what truly set it apart for me was its collaboration feature. Money matters constrain relationships, but Monarch brings peace to the table. The app's collaboration tools allowed my partner and I to seamlessly manage our finances together. We aligned on our budgets, tracked our cash flow, and even planned our future goals all in one place. Speaking of goals, be it saving for a down payment, your dream vacation, or your children's education, Monarch simplifies it all. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal hailed it as the best budgeting app. This isn't just an app. It's the next generation of personal finance management, ad-free, intuitive, and always evolving with you in mind. Now look, Monarch isn't just another app. It's the all-in-one solution. From effortlessly importing your data from Mint to customizing your dashboard to your heart's content, Monarch respects your privacy with a strict no-ads, no-data-selling policy. This is financial management as it should be, focused on you. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Mondays. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Mondays for your extended 30-day free trial. Showtime? Oh, my, are we actually live? Yo, yo we live. We it's live. We back, man. It's Market Monday. Yeah. It's October 23rd. It's 8 yes. p.m. Like, oh, we live. What's up, y'all? How y'all feeling? How y'all feeling, man? Good. How y'all feeling? We feeling good, man. East Chicago Zone. Ian Dunlap, the master investor himself. Congratulations mm-hmm. on a masterful performance last night in Chicago. Shout out to the whole city of Chicago for showing up and showing love. It was a, a night to be remembered, man. Shadi had a monologue of the year. Yep. You know, I got to add a few few things to the conversation. No, no, no. You dropped a bomb. A few things to the conversation. And uh, every, I think everybody walked away with, with, with information, man, which is the most important thing. Um, but actionable items. Keys lit up the stage. Rashana Scott was on fire. Yeah, she killed it. My brother, Ross Mack, he had his Maconomics going. It, it was dope, man. Chicago... A special place. I'm, I'm glad that we added that to the tour because it, it, from from the reviews, they're saying this might be the one. It's best this one. Might be the one. They stay yeah, right. hometown hero. Like I'm talking. Listen, when Troy told me what he was going to talk about, and we know we're not going to talk about it on the show. You should have came, but <laughs> man, that was a hell of a gym. And I, I only, I think I was kind of bully Rashad into talking about the you might have media <laughs> empire real quick. He was gonna go a different route. I was like, nah, ah, let's give him something else. So yeah, I appreciate everybody who's there. Yeah, kudos to all my family, everybody in Red Panda. But yeah, I think this is probably one of our best shows. Yeah, shout, uh, shout out to everybody. Shout out to, to Mike. Uh, I know he's behind the cameras and he's here tonight, uh, helping us produce the show. Uh, shout out to AB for for putting on a, a different a different notch on the resume, man. This this dude. 
did the entire event planning him and pierre they did an incredible job shout out to ty who was yep. capturing it for us it was incredible man shout out to your family ian everybody was there Thank your cousins you. was there yeah that yeah. was dope to see them enjoying yeah, you was like it was like the first time they were watching you in in this space right they were looking at like yo ian you a yeah. superstar <laughs> That's put on, man. Yeah, everyone was like, you're more relaxed than ever. I'm like, I'm at home. Like, it's an amazing thing just to, like, be around people who, like, know me from the very beginning, family who see my journey. So, like, I just wanted to put on a great show. And, yeah, it, it them being there made it a better show for me. Seriously. Dope, dope. For sure. So, yeah, we are live. This is – um we haven't gone live in a long time. So, and if y'all don't get to 10,000 likes, we won't go live again. Hit the like button. I'm doing my shiny today. Hit the like button. Are your nights? That's a fact. How's the sound? How's the audio sound? Ladies and gentlemen, how, how do we sound on the audio? Let us know in chat. Um, everybody that's been asking for us to go live. We are live. Here we are. We are live in the flesh. Fresh off tour. Um, yeah, okay. The audio's clear. Okay, good, good. So, yeah, we're going to get into it. We got a lot to talk about. Shout out to Chicago. Legendary run out there in the Midwest. Um, we are headed to Ghana. Yes. yes. Very important. Uh, December 27th, all roads lead to Ghana. That is the last and final show in the Market Monday's World Tour. It's been a hell of a show run. We went to California. We went to London, went to Toronto, Chicago, and we're going to end the year in Ghana. Um, legendary for sure. So get your tickets now. Now we that's the main focus now um, mm -hmm. for us leading into the end of the year. Get your tickets December 27th in Accra, Ghana. Yes. Legendary. legendary Treehouse. We're going to be poolside with it. Yeah. vibes like luxurious highest level of luxury that you'll ever be able to imagine finest fabrics that you'll ever see wakanda forever energy i can't wait that's yeah. a fact yeah. finest fabrics that's a yes. fact man. Yo, did i forget to shout out mike b shout out to mike b shout he to went mike. three he went three for three last night absolutely <laughs> yeah. For sure. The main event showstopper. Yeah. For sure. Tomorrow for Earn Your Leisure, we got a big um big one. We got um the boy Damon John. Shout out to Damon John, legend. I shark. heard this is a great one. Yeah, for I sure. Biggest shark on Shark Tank. You know, he actually has the um the record for Shark Tank for closing it the biggest deal as far as the company, the most profitable company. Yeah, really? Yep. Um it's his it's a sock brand. Uh, so yeah, Damon, Damon, John, our second shark off Shark Tank. Of course, we have Mark Cuban. So now we got Damon John. Um, we're taking the sharks off of Shark Tank one by one. So mm -hmm. legendary entrepreneur for our community. And I'm going to talk about this Jay-Z thing too, but I'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, on. it's time to get into it. Like we got to have, what's a couple of things we got to clear today? Buy my old albums, huh? There's a few things. There's a lot of things that's happening out here. Buy yes. my old album. It's a lot of things that's happening out here. Yep. So yeah. Okay. One o'clock Eastern Standard Time tomorrow. 
That's one. Tap in. That's one of them. We said that, and I was really like passionate about the Van Jones episode, and I'm glad that people have been receiving that so well. This is another one of them ones, another classic. I, two years, almost three years in the making, man. So I'm happy we got to get it done. And he's got some dope stuff going on up in Harlem, which he's going to be talking about Entrepreneur's Day, which is a, is a huge thing. And uh, shout out to everybody that participated in that. I saw Angela Yee was in there, Cedric the Entertainer, they had Shaq there. So yeah. shout out to Damon John. Make sure y'all tap in, go support that. All right. Should they use the hashtag vanilla extract or no? <laughs> vanilla extract. Well, watch the episode. Paul. You're going to learn some new things. Legendary poem. Yeah, that, was, that was crazy. Legendary pause. Oh man, you saw that clip already? No, nah, Yomi. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. she was okay, like, listen, okay. when you hear it, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Your vanilla yeah. bean, whatever. Let's shout the Yomi. I was like, yeah, we'll, okay. we'll save that for another time. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the Lauren London interview? It's in the sky. It's in the sky, man. That was one of those moments. Everything can't be released on the internet. That just has to live in the, in the hearts and minds of the of the few people that was actually there. Shout out to Revolt. That was a legendary situation. Shout out to Lauren. Um, you'll probably never see that one. Be honest. <laughs> <laughs> be honest. tonight, boy. Ooh. <laughs> Locked in the Disney vault, ain't it? It was. <laughs> a, it was incredible. Trust me. That's Take my word fact. for it's it. Up it there with, it's up there with Bobby Smurda's hat. Chew it up. Gone. Never to be seen come back down ever since. Um, can we let the people know about the disclaimer? Ah, uh, man, you know how this works. Do your own research, folks. Do your own research. And we, we talked about research last night. Our content is intended to be used and must be used for informational purposes only. It's very important to do your own analysis before making any investment based on your own personal circumstances. You should take independent financial advice from a professional in connection with or independently research and verify any information that you find on our show and wish to rely upon whether for the purpose of making a investment decision or otherwise. Please continue to do the research, share the research when it's good, give credit to those that you heard it from. Love is love. Spread love, spread information, spread joy. Let's do all that. Ian, any uh, thing you want to say? Yes. Uh, Stock Club call will be Sunday at 3 p.m. Central. I need time to rest, be able to kick it with my family. So Sunday at 3 p.m. Central. I will be going over part of the presentation that I did in Chicago. If you are not a Red Panda and you want to get it, you must join Red Panda. Otherwise, I will never share the information in public. Thank you to everyone who showed up last night. Um, Ty, Bryn, P, Dom, Frenchie, Mom, Dad, all of my family, all of my friends, all of Chicago. Shout to the Midwest, 219 Love. I love y'all dearly. Y'all can also catch me at Black Wealth Summit uh, with Cedric Nash this Saturday in Maryland. So um, get your tickets. Uh, we all had a chance to kick it at A3C. I know you guys know say it very well, so I'm looking forward to that. I got an announcement. Uh, oh, yeah, and then J.P. Morgan. Shout out to my J.P. Morgan family. November 4th, I have an event with them. And if I've made you money, please put yes in chat. We are not them. <laughs> See, when they get coverage on Good Morning America, it's for great reasons. You know what I'm saying? It hit different when you do honorable business. Hey, boy, put up a house yet. Go get a Monopoly board since you made everything. Shout out to Ally. <laughs> Shout out to the wonderful Along with the the Ally. <laughs> Our partners on the Market Monday store. Boy, do your research. Like, like when you got the car and the Monopoly board, the purpose was to get the houses, right? Houses to the hotel, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. He playing reverse Monopoly. 
That's a pond scene. <laughs> Let's get to the show. <laughs> That's crazy. Boy, <laughs> if I've made you money, please put yes in chat. If you don't see a preponderance of evidence of people talking and saying that, stay away. Please stay away. Preponderance. Great word. Yeah. Great word. For sure. For sure. Um, so for sure. <laughs> One little shot. Pop, pop. Cool. Yes, I'm, yes. I'm actually yeah. moderating a panel too this Friday um for the African American men of Westchester. AAMW.com to get uh details, but I'm yeah, I'm moderating a panel with so that for a long time, man. Uh it's the first time I actually moder moderated a panel for them. You did the uh Olympics with them. Yeah, for okay. Sure. Okay. Um all right. Okay. So real estate. We gotta get to it. Let's get to some real estate, shall we? Not that type of real estate, actual real estate. Um, Me so, and Shadi both gonna get in the mood one day, boy. Reveal a lot of secrets, boy. <laughs> but not ownership of real estate. Let's talk about real estate, <laughs> shall yeah. we? So the Wall Street Journal had an interesting article where they said that um, there's never been a worse time to buy instead of rent. So um, put a post up and the post just went crazy as soon as you put it up. That's obviously a very controversial title, right? Where they were saying that in this day and age um, is 52% more costly mm -hmm. to buy a home as opposed to rent. That's the highest uh, gap since 1996. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously because of, you know, higher um, interest rates and a variety of other factors. But they were saying that even, you know, tradi traditionally, you would think that that would be beneficial for landlords. Um, but that's not necessarily the case because landlords are struggling nationwide. Um, and that is because of an oversupply of rental properties and rising vacancy mm -hmm. predictions, amongst other things. So it was a very interesting, you know, conversation um that we was having online and a lot of people you know whenever you put those type of posts up people kind of get mad and was like you know no it always makes sense to buy real estate like you always have to buy real estate um i even saw ish from joe button's podcast put up five question marks um so you know people were them. <laughs> people always a little concerned about you how can you question real estate you can't question real estate yeah. it's like you question the terms Spitting that guy, yeah. get it in the face when he was over your head. <laughs> Shout out yeah. to Jay. Shout um, out to, yeah. I mean, but yeah, guy. There's a variety of different factors that go into this situation. So, without further ado, we, we, brought, bring we brought an expert to talk about it. We're gonna start this episode off right away. We're gonna not waste any time. So, yes, we are bringing on MG, the mortgage guy, friend to the show. My brother, how you doing? <laughs> what's going on, y'all? Hey, Jizzle, what's going on, man? <laughs> My guys on another sold-out show in Chicago. This is true. The yeah. rumors are true. Yes. The rumors yeah. are true. The yeah, biggest yeah. ever. Good to see you, man. Always a pleasure, my brother. How are you, Ian? Good. So let's talk about this, all right? Um, Real estate is something that everybody has been talking about for a long time, and obviously we know that that's something that's extremely important as far as you know building wealth and you know bridging the wealth gap and you know home equity and it's a variety everybody knows why real estate is good at this point right or it can be good 
but um it's some disturbing times that we're living in stock market has corrected itself several different times over the last decade real estate has never really crashed since 2008. Mm. real estate prices continue to go up right um even when the economy is slowing down it has no signs of of slowing down or at least you know fully crashing or pulling back um even though people are not making as much money year over year right it's not like people are making tremendously more money yep. inflation is a huge problem inflation has been going crazy um interest rates have been going up so at a certain point it becomes hard to justify buying real estate right so i, I want to get your, your take on i have i have my my views on this but i want to i want to let you start the conversation and um and then we'll just take it from there yeah uh first thanks for having me on the show guys i really appreciate it i really feel as if uh look i always say the same thing don't buy nothing you can't afford right and we are in inflationary times right now it's no denying that the store prices are crazy um anything you look to buy is high right now real estate is one of those things that is going to continue to rise in my opinion because of simple supply and demand there's, there's not enough supply out there for even the little bit of demand that's out there right now. And there is still a lot of demand out there in the market, even with interest rates being at 8% right now for a 30-year conventional mortgage. And that's with an excellent credit score of 760, right? So we have this argument. And I saw your post and the comments is just like, I mean, the comments are going crazy. And everybody's going to always have this debate. Well, should you buy? Should you rent? Well, you got to do something. If you rent, you're paying somebody's mortgage regardless. That's just how I look at it. So if you are going to pay somebody's rent, me personally, I'd rather you pay your, or pay somebody's mortgage. I'd rather you pay your own mortgage and own the house. Now, obviously, you don't want to buy nothing that you can't afford. But if you can't afford it, I still think you should go out there and buy. But just make sure you're really focusing more on the deal in today's market not really focused on too much of the interest rate but you got to focus on the numbers you got to focus on the deal um you always got to remember real estate is especially a mortgage you can always refinance a mortgage if you qualify at if some point qualify. as very important and if you qualify right because a refinance is not a guarantee it's not something that you could just walk into the bank and say hey rates are five percent right now refinance my mortgage no you still have to go through a qualification process but you always have to keep that in your back pocket. Today's seven, eight percent mortgage rate can easily be four or five percent when that market drops. Now, what I would tell everybody who's watching this, and I'll tell you guys this too: What do you think is going to happen when these rates do drop a year from now, two years from now? What do you think is going to happen? Prices, oh, yeah, prices are going to go just like this. But they're going to they're going to skyrocket. So I think we're in a in a position right now. Or honesty, if you do not buy something right now while there is less competition in the market with higher interest rates, you could be priced out even worse than you are today in two to three years from now. So for me, I'm always going to encourage, especially black and brown people, to go out there and buy real estate because our wealth is trapped in, in the real estate market. They say we look like relatives, so I got to ask the question. <laughs> What do you say to everyone who says you just say that because you're in the real estate industry? <laughs> yeah, I get that all the time too. And I love that, right? That's the question to be asked. And it's a and it's a fair yeah. question, right? Because people say I'm biased because I'm trying to make a commission. 
Well, guess what, guys? I'll make more money if the market does crash. So me telling you, go out here and buy now, like either which way, it doesn't hurt a, a true professional like myself, someone who's been in this business for 20 plus years that have the book of business. I know how to make money in any, any of these type of markets, good market, bad market, left, right. My sole purpose of being on the internet is one, to provide leads for my mortgage business, obviously, but two, to provide information so that way our people don't get screwed over. And a lot of our people over the past 20, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years have been screwed over in the real estate space because no one has ever taught us how to buy homes. So I'm always going to be biased of home ownership because not just because it's something that I do for a living, it's because I see the benefits as a homeowner of owning your own home. It's nothing better than that. MG, you talk about 2008 and something that you were in the, the business, right? You were navigating through that. That was a, there was a crash. Shadi brought up about that that monthly uh, mortgage uh, payment being 52% higher. During that crash at the time, that percentage was, was 33%. And so we're about 22% higher than that period of time. Is this where we're headed? There, there's gonna be a correction, there's gonna be a crash. Obviously you said you're gonna make money either way, but I'm looking at it from the standpoint of the person that was saying, yes, you should buy a home. As interest rates go higher, it becomes much harder to put down this 20% down payment. So it's kind of a dilemma, right? I, the interest rates are going up. I can't afford to it, so I might have to rent, but there might be a, pri a price point where I'm getting priced out in, in the event that there is a crash. There's, there's a dilemma here that I'm not sure people are gonna figure out how to navigate through. So I'm glad you brought up 2008, and a lot of people like to bring that up, right? And try to compare statistics from that era to today. But you also can't forget that the mortgage industry was completely different than what it was today. Right. Yeah. People, if you had a pulse back then, you can get a mortgage. Now you're getting fully under underwritten. So it's a different synopsis. Right. Then also you got to look at look at the inventory from 2007, 2008, 2009. At any given one of those years, you had over 10, 11 months of supply on the market. You had two to four million foreclosures happening every single year. Mm -hmm. Right. We don't have those type of situations in today's market. So the underlying factors are completely different if you're looking at 2008 housing market compared to 2023 housing market is completely different. Now, when you talk about uh, income, uh, people being able, like the inflation times, yeah, this is a completely different story, right? I don't think we've ever been through this at this level in our country where prices have rose this fast just for everything that you're looking to buy, no matter what it is, right? So I guess only time would tell um, what's really going to happen once that really starts kicking in and really kind of hurting people more than what is hurting them now. But I think me personally, we're not going to see a huge flux of inventory hit the market because uh, most of the mortgages right now, I think 70% of all mortgages are below 4% interest rate. Those yeah. folks are not rushing to sell their property. Yeah, they're not going to sell. Yeah. Why would they I, not I, gonna sell? I was going to say, is that the silver lining in all this, right? I was looking at the statistic. It's 80% of the outstanding U.S. mortgage uh, debt is under 5%. Under 5%, yeah. So that means that you have a, a large population of people that have a pretty good mortgage rate, and they just are going to sit there and not do anything. Yeah, but also look at this, too. You have 50%. I think it's like 50% of all mortgages have uh, at least 50% of equity in the property, too. Right? So now you have low rates. Top with most of Americans, 
majority of them have 50, 40, 30% equity in their homes and home prices are still going up this year, two to four, 5%, just depending on what the market is. No, we're not going to see 20, 25% appreciation year over year, like we've seen during the pandemic years, but appreciation is still appreciation. Regardless. Yeah. So you have these underlying factors that we didn't have in 2008. Folks didn't have, you know, all of this equity in their homes back in those days. And then again, the most important factor is the qualification of yesterday's borrower compared to today's borrower. Today's borrower is being vetted and being underwritten more thoroughly. There's more rules, there's more regulations to protect the homeowners. There's more modification programs that are out there in today's market that wasn't even in existence until the market crashed and these programs had to be created to save people from losing their homes. Everybody got to realize the banks are not in the real estate business. They're in the lending business. Mm -hmm. They don't want to own your home. So they're going to do whatever it BlackRock takes. BlackRock does, though. Their homes. Huh? If we can have an honest conversation. Yeah, let's be BlackRock real. BlackRock is causing a lot of this inflation and pricing us out of the market. Like, here's an amazing concept. Let me ruin a housing market from 2002 to 2006 with all the ninja loans. The White House has to call me in to fix it. And then all of a sudden, I change all of the modifications. So now I have a better book of buyers. When I say that I want to be the biggest landlord in the world, I can make sure that those loans are favorable as I'm pricing everybody out. Yeah, I mean, look at all the institutional investors. They're all killing this market right now. Look at, um, you know, all how they buying properties sight unseen, right? Yeah. Look at the Zillows of the world and all these different corporations that were buying all these single families over the past couple of years, even before it started really getting a lot of news play. If you look at even 17, 18, 19, the institutional investors have been buying up real estate for a very long time, driving up prices. It's just now when the rates dropped, everybody started really getting, and the pandemic obviously helped everybody's attention. You ain't got nothing to do, you home, right? You're paying attention now, but this is not nothing new, Ian. Like we all know this, it's institutional yeah. investors are always going to continue to invest. Their job is to make money, period, point blank. And the housing market is up for grabs. So they're going to continue to invest. And this is why for me, I don't really see a crash happening. Um, I don't really see, I see a correction still going uh, to happen. Right? Because yeah. yeah. definitely, and every, what goes up has to come down at some yeah. point. Right? Matt, and just, well, let me, let me ask, yeah, let me ask you a question. So Matt, let, but here's the thing, Matt. Come um, on, Scotty. Go ahead, Scotty. <laughs> yeah, let's get to it. I, I can tell how he started in. <laughs> so, you, all right. So, um, I did some research, right? So, you have a few cities like Syracuse, New York, where 60% of the homes were sold over asking. Buffalo, New York, 60% of the homes sold over asking. Aurora, Illinois, 67% of the homes sold over asking. Oakland, California, 64% of the homes sold over asking. Yeah, yeah. Pomona, California, 76% of homes sold over asking. Worcester, Massachusetts, 76% of homes sold over asking. Lubbock, Texas. Shout out to Texas. 100% of homes sold over asking price. Now, I understand that, you know, you're of the train of thought to, you know, buy real estate. That's important. But it, it, at some point in time, it, it becomes extremely unintelligent to buy 
things over value. That's just like the number one thing in, in life, right? Um, when you see a, a place where 100% of the homes that are being sold are being sold over asking, and it's not Manhattan, it's not Miami, things start to not make sense anymore. And when things start to not make sense, then things quickly fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so at some point, buying real estate at crazy prices is not sustainable because an average house is going to be $10 million at this rate in 10 years, right? Like people are paying a million dollars to live in river road. Yeah. So, I mean, I get that you're an enthusiast for real estate. That's important, but I don't know, man. It's not looking too. it doesn't make a lot of sense to be honest with you. And then when you when you factor in that there are major hedge funds and financial institutions that's buying up single family homes and blocks. And as I said, there's a shortage of, of homes. People aren't making money. It's a recession. Interest rates are high. Inflation is high. Real estate prices keep going up. It doesn't take a genius to figure out that this 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 situation is, is not going well. It's not sustainable. Not sustainable. It's really not. So, what what's your thoughts on that? Great question. So, when was these stats? These people, these towns. This that's is- what that's what July twenty twenty three. July of twenty twenty from, from July twenty twenty two to July twenty twenty three. So let me tell you this, and let me be clear, and let me be on record for the hundredth time. I will never tell nobody spend a hundred percent over asking price. I'm not even telling you to pay asking price, period. This is why I said earlier, you need to focus on the deal, meaning you need to know how to analyze a deal and know if you are overpaying or not overpaying. Now, yes, any type of real estate that you've purchased in the past four to five years technically is going to be overpriced, right? Um, Things haven't been sustainable. When you have 25% appreciation year over year, that's not sustainable, not at all. Now, for people to continue to buy and if you're telling me this stat was from july of 2022 to july 2023 and people in 2023 are still paying a hundred percent 90 percent 50 percent of the sales are still going over asking we have to dig deeper into those markets right why is that happening is there a lot of supply for the amount of buyers that are out there like what's really going on so i know those stats they sound crazy but real estate is a local business it's not national so i don't know what's going on in those particular cities to give you that type of information to justify why those home prices or those home sales have went i mean what town you said was 100 percent over asking i've never even heard of stat love it texas, we love love it, texas. texas. i've yeah. never even like let's keep it real i've never even heard of no town ever having every home that went for sale go a hundred percent over exactly that's my point that, that makes that's no sense point. So that's, what, my, that's my so point. What's, what's really happening in that town to create that type of demand to where buyers feel in a market right now where interest rates are yeah. much higher and sellers are willing to negotiate more? Why are these folks doing that? That I can't answer. Now, yeah. do I agree with you? Does it make sense? Hell no. It doesn't make sense for nobody that's watching this live or on a replay to pay anything over asking price on a property. No matter what the market is, so never never pay over asking. Why would you? I'm just at, no. I'm asking you. I'm asking you. No. Okay, Matt. No. 
I want to go back to this correction thing because I'm just thinking theoretically, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about 80% of the people having an interest rate below 5%. You said 50% of them have equity inside the home, which means that people are staying put. If people are staying put, that means they're not selling their homes, right? Because right. why would you sell your home if you're going to have to get a higher interest rate? If people don't sell homes, that tells me that the inventory for homes is going to be a lot smaller, which means that they're going to increase the price of homes. Correct. So how does, where does a correction play in that? Because that's what, it looks like that's where we're headed, right? If the interest rates stay at 8% for people who have 750 credit, we're talking maybe 9 to 10% for people who are at 650. We're not going to sell. We're going to stay. Prices are going to get increased because the supply is so short. So where's the correction playing at? Good question. And this is the million dollar question that I've been saying to everybody. This is why I don't feel home prices will quote unquote crash. We've already seen the correction started happening. We had a three, four percent equity um, appreciation, I think, year over year, somewhere around there. From the year prior to that, we was over 20 percent nationally. So we've already seen the market contract. Now, do I still think there's room for more? Maybe one to 2% of a correction. If rates stay in this eight to 10% range, absolutely. But like you yeah. said, Troy, people are always going to buy real estate. There's always a need. Someone has to move. Someone needs to relocate. Family size is getting bigger. And people who make money will still buy and seek shelter and they want to own where they live, right? Those people are the ones who are going to keep the market going. Now, for folks who don't need to sell, they're not going to sell. There's yeah, no reason. Exactly. They're going to take home equity line of credits out and they're going to either improve their homes and make it better for them, or they're going to use that money to invest and do whatever the hell they want to do, start business, et cetera. So that's what we're going to start seeing more and more is more people take out tapping into their equity to do other things with it. But I don't really see, like I, I, and I'm on record saying this, I don't really see the market going down too much lower than what it is right now from an appreciation standpoint. And again, appreciation is not declining, it's not crashing. It's just, it's not appreciating as much as it was in prior years, but we're yeah. still gonna have a one to three, normal real estate appreciates one to three, 4%, depending on the market annually. And I think people forget that. Real estate is not something that's accustomed to appreciate in 10, 15, 20%. Year over year, insane. Yeah, year over year, that's crazy. If you at seven to 10% seven years ago of appreciation one year, that's a home run. Yeah. That was a home run. So I think we all have to kind of retrain our thought to what prior to COVID looked like in the real estate space to understand we are just getting back to some some sort of normalcy. When I first came into the mortgage business, we were doing deals, refinancing people out of 10, 11% interest rates. This is 2003, this is 20 years ago. Refinancing people out of 10%, 9%, going into sevens. First house I ever purchased, I had a seven and a quarter interest rate on it. Yeah. So like this is, this is these interest rates might not seem normal. They are definitely higher than what we're accustomed to. But if you look at the historic interest rate charts over the last 40, 50, 60 years. Yeah, we're on par where we should be. We're on par, right? Where yeah. rates typically are. It's just with the information out there from people like myself who speak about real estate constantly from shows like Market Monday who bring this information, it's now on the forefront and the top of our mind. But this is kind of normal, y'all. What's not normal is just all this inflation and everything else that's coming along with 
the economy right now. This yeah, and then we had 12 years of quantitative ease and interest rates were damn near negative at one point. That's not normal. I mean, I, I no. read today the Mortgage Bankers Association saying prices will increase for probably another two or three years. If they knock interest rates down to 5%, they'll go up. But like the issue is the institutions. Okay, I'm going to be super honest. There's only seven stocks on earth that is moving the entire world. All of the big funds and big hedge funds, they all work together. They'll pretend like they hate each other, like how they do in the NBA. But then you'll see them partying at the end of the season on the yacht together. You can't all have competing interest in all of those shares. So some of the institutional players have to go to real estate before the entire stock market collapses. Voila, big short part two. Diversification aspect. Voila. <laughs> Sorry, the game is the game. That's why I kept telling you. Everyone's like, yo, why Apple and Microsoft? They're two of the only companies on the face of the earth that have protection internationally and amongst all hedge funds and agreements that we'll pile money into these two, but we'll let everything else fail. Why do you think all of these hedge funds are starting to buy up Bieber's catalog and now he's hooping in Drew League now? Some of the smaller players, C players, you go get in the music business. Go ahead. We're going to get in real estate. We're going to let y'all die. Holding the Russell 3000. Uh -huh. Voila. Well, voila on chat. Well, this is the way the game is played, and magic, then we're having the proper players. And I'm, I'm glad you're saying that. Even look at, since we're talking about institutional investors, look at they're buying single families for a reason, right? Think about the zoning laws that's been changing all over America to allow accessory dwelling units. You have some areas where you can put multiple ADUs on a single family property right now. So I wouldn't be surprised in five to 10 years, you start seeing a lot of ADUs popping up on these institutional investors' properties because they've just taken full advantage of what's happening right now. So if you start really looking at this, look, I always say follow the leader, right? The big boys are buying real estate. I don't see why we shouldn't as a community buy real estate, but just be smart about it. Yeah. So Matt, I'm always going to be buying. For the record, you're not telling them to buy it eight and a half percent, right? No, I'm telling you not to buy over 100% over asking price like Rashad was just mentioning these stats. What I'm telling you is if you are going to buy an 8.5% interest rate, you better understand what you're getting yourself into because these people want their money, rain, sleet, hell, snow. They ain't trying to hear you ain't got that mortgage payment. That that bill come on the 15th of the prior month mm -hmm. before that payment is due. So like for me, if you're going to buy, just be smart about it. And if you can't afford it, sit on the sideline and just yeah. wait your turn and stack yeah. up your money. For sure, Matt. We appreciate you coming. Thank and you, the last man. thing I'll say is, um, and I don't want to involve Matt in this if he doesn't, if he wants to get involved in it. But it's an <laughs> elephant in the room, obviously, where you know oh, a lot man. of people have been making comments in the chat. I read the chat. Um, do you? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I got your back. What's that? Hold on. Breaking news alert. Hit the like button. 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 the the he does passionately. No, he does passionately. <laughs> he that. He he consistent does. with that. Passionately. <laughs> consistent with that. Passionately. <laughs> consistent with that. Passionately. Um. Oh look, man. Obviously, there's there's you know people. The number one question is, what's up with Caesar? What's up with Envy? I don't know. It, it looked. Um. 
Is he? Did his skin looks like it? Ain't no looks like, like it. it. Listen, that's what it looks like. So I mean, I don't know what what you want me to comment about. It, it looks like he scammed. Look, yeah, those look like it. I'll yeah. comment on it. It has a characteristic. I mean, of it. I, it it has all the signs. Yeah, pointing all, to it. Yeah, the characteristics. It, it didn't look like Anytime it before. I've been in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York. I hear one person bring up that man. You can't make them houses pop up. You can't make the allegations go away. You can't make her orgasm. How you make something? <laughs> Yo, this guy's crazy. My nah, first nah, question. Nah, nah, no, my dad nah, asked nah, me. Nah, nah, if nah, there's nah, 20 nah, 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 if that, but why play all the industry behind the scenes then? Yo, wow. If there's 2,600 units available, why when I went to River Park, nobody in River Park ever seen none of the 2,600 units? Yo, alleged. So, look, Rashad, alleged. Rashad, um, you brought this up, so I'll, I'll say my piece on this. Um, it's sad. Um, it's, it's, look, I was on stage. There's no denying this, right? Like, let's just call a spade a spade. I was there at these seminars. I was on stage. I was speaking. Like, I became popular on social media because of being a part of the real estate tours. So for me, you know, honestly, this hits me a little bit different probably than everybody else because I was there on the road for almost a year and a half, two years. Did you see any sign? Did you see any sign? Absolutely not. Absolutely not, because there was always the same message. And I've been in, look, I'm not here defending nobody. I just want to say this right now, real quick. Okay, that's my disclaimer. I'm just telling you from my POV. Yeah. Nah, I got to say that, because in the comments, like, I don't need it right now. Yeah, be careful. Yep. I'm, in, be I'm, careful. In a, I'm in a good space in my life right now. I don't need the bullshit right now. Okay? Yeah. So what I'm saying is, from what I've seen from my POV, there was no upselling on stages while, while I was a part of the seminars. Um, you've guys seen it for your own two eyes for the couple ones that you've been there as well. Um, it was no like elaborate, like when you go to seminars and conferences now, when you see like the, the, the upsell happen, like none yeah. of that was happening. You know what I'm saying? So, and I've heard Envy say millions of times in public and in private conversations, he doesn't take no money from nobody, this, that, and the third, blah, blah, blah. So for me, I did not see any of this coming. Now, Again, it is sad that this is happening because this is something, someone that the people trusted. Like these folks who come to these seminars and you guys just had Marking Mondays yesterday. You see how the people, they, they, they love us. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like they, they keep us at a high regard and that trust was built and then the shit has just been broken badly and it sucks. And I feel bad for all of the people who invested trusting, thinking that it was going to be something and it's not now. So when I look at this whole situation, it just, it, I, I'm truly sad by it because I was a person that was there. I've seen it with my own two eyes. And to see how certain things are playing out on social media right now, it just doesn't sit well with me. Like I hate it. Like I hate it for like everything that I thought this thing represented. You know what I'm saying? Like it represented empowerment for our people. I've been doing mortgages for 20 years, bro. I just got on the internet four or five years ago. Like, this is something that I'm passionate about. I love real estate. I know how it, what it did to my life, what it did to my family life, and other people's lives. 
when you see something like this from people that look like us, it hurts, man. Like it hurts. And there's no way around it. And I know, you know, everybody got their own feelings, but this is just my opinion. I hate this shit. And like you said, Rashad and Troy, and you both said, if it looked like a scam, it smelled like a scam, it might be a scam. I don't know. I can only go off the information that's being presented online. And the courts, are obviously, they're going to dig through everything and they're going to put more information out there. And accountability needs to be happening. People are going to go to jail behind this. There's no way around it. You can't take that much money from the community and not be held accountable for it. And this is the one thing I'm going to say, I, which, which hurts me the most, is like, yo, if we're going to raise, and, and this is to all the real estate people who are going to watch this now. If, if you're going to go out here and build up your social influence, don't abuse your influence. Don't abuse your superpowers. That's something that, I mean, Rashad used to say this to us, years ago in our huddles, right? Can't abuse your superpowers. Your superpowers is influence. Your superpowers is that people are trusting you. And especially in the real estate space, we have to understand that our people have been behind the eight ball in real estate historically. There were laws put in place for us not to buy real estate. So when you're out here doing your thing and you're gaining this popularity, getting this influence, don't abuse it, man. If you're going to take somebody's money, nigga, do what the fuck you say you're going to do, man. Like, I don't understand this shit. Like, how can you do this? Like, and look, he has to have because the skill set was not there before. Well, if I, we're going to keep it up, I can't even. I can't even say that because I don't know what he was really telling. I got two people. people I, I I can text it to Troy and Rashad. I got two people in Red Panda. Shout to Luis. One one of my guys down three fifty with him. Bro, I know the same way you know people, yeah, I know people like, too. And, but for me, what I look at is, is again, <clears throat> when was all of this happening? Like, when was these meetings? <laughs> like, when was the, like, when was this going? Like, I, it's a lot that I still can't wrap my mind around because, again, I, I didn't see this while we was on tours and I didn't see it with my own two eyes. But yeah. I know several people who've invested with him. And I'm like, damn, when the hell did you even meet him? Like, these are the things that, like, I don't know when this was happening. And it sucks when you hear, like, I got people who look 150, 200 down. I'm like, damn, yo, like, what the fuck? If but, people bringing the money in a bag to you with no contract. I mean. We done all did business with each other. Like, I, I'm going to be less performative. I'm going to. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if we are going to put ourselves in a position to be the authority in the spaces that we are in. Then we can't abuse our superpowers. Like I, I don't think that. I'm, I'm gonna say this. I think Envy was smart enough to never take money. I do believe that because Envy had money prior to. But this is why I always scream. Where was everybody at that was making all this money pre-COVID? Let me see them kids. Let me see the wife. Let me see what that debt is. That debt to income ratio. Everybody talk to big boss talk until it's time to get the money back. Look, it ain't many people who even give out money. So where all the money big Willie ish come from? I, I will say this. Um, like Matt says, it's extremely unfortunate situation because I seen somebody like real estate is a scam. And that's just the craziest thing in the world to say. It's, like, it's, it's not shit to say that. But, but I'm just saying, but that just comes from 
you know, all of it, you know, if that comes from the internet of just, yeah. you know, a variety of different things and just that's, being that's, uneducated. Yeah. That's but, a lot of emotion speaking, yeah, uh, being like, uneducated. Real estate, everybody, real estate is 100%. Everybody has real estate because either you're involved in it one way or the other. You're yep. living somewhere. So you're either owning where you live or you're paying somebody else's mortgage as a renter. Or if you're homeless, you're sleeping on street property that's owned by the city. So um, everybody, everybody's involved in real Even estate. Digitally, we're, we're leasing YouTube right now. Like yeah. that's a fact. So you yeah. know, like I always yeah. say, man, there's no benefit. There's no benefit in taking people's money because it always comes back to. That's why I said there's no benefit. I said I had this whole rant three months ago, and then people were like, of course, there's a benefit. The benefit is that you're scamming. What I mean by it, since I know that you, know, you got to kind of break things down for people online. What I mean by it is that. There's no benefit because it always comes back to you. Not yeah. 99.9% .9 of the time, you're not going to be able to even made off. He ran it for 30 years, but he ended up dying in jail. You can't, you can't get away with something like that forever. Like yeah. you can't, like it's, it's, it has no benefit in the long run. It's short term. It's short term. And you can, you can trick people. Like, I mean, if it looks good, people going to think it looks good. If everything checks out, like, you don't, you can't. No, you're not a private investigator. You don't know what every single person does. Like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. if somebody's vouching for him that is highly successful and has a wide range and a, and a good, you know, voice, and he's saying that he's actually in in business with the person. It's not just vouching for him, like saying, like, I'm actually in business with the person and so, showing you properties, bringing you to an office. Who, I mean, of course, you know, you, you're not going to really question it too much. So, yeah, for all you, so, all right. So everybody wanted to comment on this situation. We commented. I don't know if that's gonna make the situation better. Yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> it's I don't unfortunate. Know if it's gonna change anything. The 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 alphabet boys are involved. There's not much. We just gotta sit back and hopefully let let it play out and pray for everybody who's been taken advantage of. Hopefully everybody's made whole. It's an unfortunate situation, um, but like you said, it's up. It's in the the, the hands of, of the court at, at a certain point. And like and like even like you know, Envy he says some very you know, um, interesting things about us, but. I don't take anything personal. It's it's yeah. not about it's not about me. It's bigger than me. Like you know what I'm saying? It's not about us. You know, whatever he said about us is cool. I don't have a personal vendetta against him. I don't want to personally like you know what I'm saying? I don't have a personal issue. But um, you know, it's about if people got hurt, then that's bigger than what he said about if he made us or you're know, gonna make it hurt. worse for all of us. I remember when I told you Charlemagne called and was like, yo, this is gonna hurt everybody. No, this, I don't know this is if, the business. Other, if the other person attached to him was even paid to do that. I don't know. Well, I, I do mean, know I, when I, we I, collectively I, start to get into an industry and we start to collect assets, all of a sudden something happens to destroy the market, to make us get out of it, or we get demonized or priced out of it. And guess what? All of the assets become available to other people. And now we got to pay three, three X on it. But I will say this: it's best. This is the last thing I'll say because we got other stuff to talk about. But it's never a good idea to um, give people money. I never asked anybody for money when I was a financial advisor. I never asked anybody for money. You never wrote a check out to Rashad Bilal Enterprises, Rashad Bilal LLC. Yeah. No, I'll give you advice and I'll tell you to open a brokerage account with Fidelity, or open a brokerage account with TD Ameritrade, or yeah. get life insurance from New. You don't need to pay me and yeah, to do it me, like that's always a red flag right so that is just best practices in life it's never a good idea to write a check out to matt garland and associates and have him like if y'all set a company up then that that might be different 
I'm just saying as far as just in best practices, this is bigger than just the real estate. This is just in life, right? Like general, yeah. you don't want to do that. That's something that is, is not usually beneficial. That's something that usually is going to be bad for you. Um, yeah, but okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Can I have the final word? Yeah, final word, final word on this whole situation. Like I said, it's a, it's a sad situation. I hate to see this happening. Um, it sucks. It's a black eye for the whole community, the whole real estate community. And just to piggyback on what you were saying about, you know, real estate is a, a business where people OPM, right? Other people's money. Um, it's it's something that investors do. They borrow prop, um, private money. But I would tell anybody in the real estate space, especially you black and brown, you better have your ducks in a row. You better have your shit together. You better make sure your paperwork is paperwork. And because this is not a good situation um, that has happened. And if you yeah. are going to raise capital, you need to do it the right way. You need to get legitimate, create a fund, do it the right way. We got to stop cutting corners in our community. Like yeah. it, we, it, There's no place for things like this to happen, yeah. man. And it's sad and it sucks that I, I hate that this is happening. And um, I'd like you said, and I just hope everybody could be made whole and you know things could get resolved because this is it's just a terrible situation and i and i hate and i hate this for our people like i yeah, hate yeah. this for our people so um now that i've spoken about it y'all can all stay out of my comments too and stop asking me about this shit. i don't care if envy said he made me i like it doesn't matter to me like leave me alone about this subject please and let's let the lord be the law and do what they got to do at this point yeah Apple Bud Boys and I can people continue to do your research. It's very important. You do your, do your research, out. man. Listen to Market Mondays. Listen to Market Mondays. Independent financial advice from a professional connection with or independently research and verify yep. any information, not just from our show, any information that you hear and which you rely upon. Please, please continue to do that. Matt, always a pleasure, brother. Thank Yo, you. Much Thank love, you, my brothers. I appreciate you. Love is love, my guy. Love. Thank you. And make sure the people that are raising the funds have their own funds and they're independently free. I don't say it to be arrogant, but when I came on the show and said, hey, I'm free. I didn't do it as a flex. I did it because to let people know I didn't need to raise capital or do a whole bunch of deals and shit like that. Like, There's too many people, I think, in a pandemic that, start, that started talking about investing who use this as a hustle because their other thing was not working. The great part about the market, though, is if you study the markets from the 1700s through now, homework assignment, how many Ponzi's are revealed every pre-recessionary environment? My Forex funds was one. This was, and like I said, I'm not mad at any party involved. I don't want anybody to be taken advantage of, though. No, for sure. I've made you money. Please put yes in chat. For sure. All right. On a lighter note, you guys looked immaculate at the show yesterday. The coordinator, oh, blue. That. my favorite, you is Jay Z Blue. Appreciate Thank you. it. Appreciate Thank that, you. man. Likewise. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Well, let's hit the, let's hit the topic. Switching gears. Let's hit the topic. Shall we? Let's do it. Yes. Let's talk about <laughs> Apple. Let's talk about Apple. Yes. Um, Apple is reportedly now on course to spend $1 billion per year on generative AI to make a smarter Siri mm -hmm. and AI-influenced iOS. What is your target price for Apple going forward as a result? Um, 7300 
by next year. If we just gonna throw our price, no, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, I mean, we just gonna throw our prices, but for the sake of it, uh, I'm just kidding. Um, let me look at Apple real quick. Um, <laughs> Two eighty six is a target. I think we could hit in two to three years. Um, I don't like that they're behind in a lot of things. Generative AI I may not be the biggest one, but there is a trend of Apple. Although the iOS has been a lot more innovative, they have become a laggard in the technology space. And I get it when you have a company that big, it's hard to really adjust. Um, I think they have made a swift adjustment. The model of we're going to let other people create and then we'll follow as something that has worked for them for a long period of time. Being that this is like their 30th year of doing well, that's not a formula, formula that I want them to continue to follow. Um, but Apple will do well. I'm looking to see a lot more innovation. Um, I think Tim Cook, of course, is still one of the best CEOs of all time and definitely the best in this era. But in order for them to get back to that four or 500 price range they need to innovate a lot faster but that 230 240 range is where i have them going in two to three years and yeah. this uh, adaption for siri um will help a lot i was gonna say that's consistent with, with most analysts um they have it at the at 240 to 250 i think i, I saw uh morgan stanley boosted it up to 260. um but it's important to talk about the the time period of that range right so we're talking over the next 12 to 16 months because that's important because innovation happens inside of that time frame it's, it's tough to predict where they're headed because i mean they don't release the news on what they're going to be doing as far as innovation but you're right i mean the the most important i think thing to to keep an eye on over that next 12 to 16 month period is yeah what is the innovation for their breadwinner and that is the iphone yeah what does it look like let's see what the sales look like i know they have their earnings report coming up very shortly let's see what it looks like for the next two to three quarters because we've seen over the past three that they've had negative sales when it comes to the to the the iPhone. We've seen it mm -hmm. increasing sales over the past three. Will that cycle continue? Will be very indicative of where we can go with this price point. It could be something that gets to 260 by next year, or it could be something that's sitting at 215, depending on on the innovation. I know that we have yeah. the Vision Pro coming, and obviously they're moving, and we'll probably talk about that too. And as far as getting rid of Intel and using their own arm and using their own processors inside of their devices, that cut that cuts to a lot of costs. I'm sure they'll, they'll add some more stuff inside of the wearable space. But the, the breadwinner is always going to be the iPhone. And if we don't see innovation in there, um, it would be interesting to see what that, that projection looks like in the next two to three quarters. Yeah, absolutely. Homework assignment, you guys can go look uh, for the last see, 15 quarters. What was the amount that i uh excuse me the apple stock either went up or down that's a good exercise to do to know what range that they'll normally be in also uh the iphone sales would be like a quasi indicator of the overall economy um if you go look to see when the sales started to slow down that's when like quantitative easing started to come to an end as well and we talked about it at the show like m2 money supply started to lighten up a little bit at the time it's not a hard economic indicator like yield curve inversion a junk bond like we talked about last night but um i do keep my eyes on how well they're doing as a broader sign for the economy like if, if america's number one company number one product is not selling well it is really reflective of what's going on in the, in the general market overall so all right let's talk about um china shall we so yes. china um all right we talk about this situation that's been going on 
in Gaza, and it's just increasingly getting worse by the day. Um, so China sent six uh, warships to the Middle East um, to have a presence there. Mm-hmm. America sent the biggest battleship in, in the world over <laughs> there. Um, Joe, Joe Biden, he got on TV and asked for $105 billion for Ukraine, um, Israel, border protection. It's like a jumbo deal. Taiwan. Um, Taiwan, just like combo combo package. Yeah, added in there. Uh, okay. Where are we at with the geopolitical conversation for the week when it comes to China? <laughs> China, they condemned the U.S. The U.S. actually vetoed a U.N. Um, resolution for uh, ceasefire. The U.S. vetoed it. Mostly every other country in the world wanted it to happen, but the U.S. didn't didn't want that to happen. And um, China said that they were deeply disappointed after the U.S. blocked the Gaza resolution at the U.N. Um, and as a result, Israel has continued its airstrikes. Mm-hmm. So, all right, China, where are they? How are they figuring in this situation? Uh, for me, last week I said one of my biggest concerns is if China decides to get involved in the conflict, as usual, um, I'm going to stay away from all political commentary, especially as I'm campaigning, shaking hands and kissing babies. Um, I do want to talk about the stock side of it, though. I do, if this is not solved within the next two to three months, it could be disastrous for our economy and it will send uh, the stock market into, into a tailspin. A few people were asking me last night, like, do I think earnings will be great? I'm like, the earnings are going to be what the earnings are. Mo- the great companies are going to adjust. But when you have like big threats like this, like this is a real war. This isn't issues of yesteryear. Um, this is the greatest threat that we have to our stock market. Like, that Magnificent Seven may get chopped down to uh, a top three if we continue to have these kind of conflicts. So um, I won't take a side either way, mm-hmm. but China being involved is not great because then that comes with the backing of Russia. And then our forces and allies have to come to aid us in this war. Shout out to our Ukrainian uh, audience member <laughs> last night and to all Shout the people in Ukraine and everyone in Russia. Yeah. I want peace amongst all. Um, but we have to be very careful. Like we if we thought the dot com crash was something and the 07 crash was something that was contained to one sector. Like these were paper loans that were jumbled up and repackaged and resold. That caused the market to drop 45%. What do you think World War Three would do? But the thing about it is, here's the thing. Can I just add context before you you, you add the commentary? So it's important, right? When we talk about media and we're talking about perspective and context is is important. So when we talk about China's involvement, if you read like articles that don't come from Western media, right? Like I I was reading the Global Times. The six warships were already supposed to, or they're not even warships. There was one ship that was being sent and they sent ships to protect it in Israel off the coast of Kuwait which yep. is already a part of their goodwill visit. It just so happens that it's happening at the same time. Now you call it coincidence. While the commentary came out. Right, while the commentary yep. came out. And so that yep. those ships were already gonna be there. In fact, they do that almost every year. They they send ships up and off the boat, off the coast of Kuwait, and then they leave out of, of 
of Eastern Africa. And one of the reasons they said even last year that they had that visit was because they had Chinese nationalists who were in Sudan that needed to get out of the country and they had to have people in the region to make sure they can get out. And so it's interesting that because that routine, quote unquote, routine uh, goodwill visit to the region sparked that China has now sent ships to the Middle East, which is, I mean, that might not even be in the intent, right? So when we talk about involvement, it's, it's, it's important to get context and look at different perspectives of where that news is coming from. Well, can can all- I pa- pair with, with one other news point? Yeah, yeah. But then at the same time, China sells most U.S. assets in four years, 21 billion of stocks and treasury bonds got sold off while the bond market, um, uh, UB on the futures market hit an all time low. So you, okay, let's say the ships go there. It's not that big of a thing. They did make a statement, which is rare for them to do. Right. It's not an immediate conflict while selling off. Like China's our financial parent. So when they got the dump in the bonds and the stocks in tandem, I'm like, something's going on. Yeah, and we're seeing, and we saw from from the the semiconductor space where we're seeing bands going right, bands going left. Yeah, it's all going to come back to affect our economy, right? Yeah. These these things are, are really happening. But yeah. the thing about it is that it's hard to really even call it a war, and it's hard to really the World War Three thing is. So a few things have to happen. We have to be responsible with our our journalism since we're mm-hmm. we're actually journalists. Um, so it's important to put it in perspective. Israel has one of the most efficient militaries in the world. They're, they're fighting. Palestine doesn't have a military. They're not even allowed to have a military. So it's literally like, it's like a giant fighting an ant. I have to ask, is this the route that we want to go? No, I'm just, I'm just being honest. But it's going to so, get clipped. It is, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not even okay. taking the side. I'm just. I'm just okay. presenting the facts. I'm just presenting the facts. So this, they could dismantle the whole Gaza Strip in a week if they want to. The only thing that has any level of resistance on it is America, and America is okay. America, if America okay's it, then there's no stopping what they what they can do, and there's no. There's nothing that there's no repercussion that can have that that can come from them, because America is the strongest nation in the world, has the strongest military, and is economically the strongest power. Right, so it's a little bit more complex than just a regular war. It's not it's it's not like a regular war, right? This like they're they're not fighting, they're they're not fighting another army, right? Even Ukraine has an army and they're not as good. They're not as sizable as the Russian army, but they're, they're not fighting an army. Right. So with that being said, it's hard to have a world war three when you're not really, there's, there's, there's not the opposition that's even formidable enough to be an opponent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm rocking with you, bro. I'm, 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 this topic, I'm, I'm gonna treat this topic how I should have the last segment. I'm Too learning. Late. Let me get, look tight. Let me, all I want to do is love, get your hand off that stove. Stop. Last <laughs> segment. I, I agree. My thing is, okay, 
Did we win the last conflict that we were in in the Middle East? We're weaker now than ever. We'll put some stats up on the board last night. 16 trillion in mortgages under. Highest credit card rates have ever been. Uh, Americans are defaulting on car loans quicker than ever. It's my first, I've said it before, and everyone is taking it lighter than it should be. It's the first time I've seen the Federal Reserve chairman be nervous and they print fucking money. That's scary. Like, if I could manufacture this and I'm scared, man, you got to. So I, I get it if it's head up, but there are conflicts and it's going to be a domino effects. And yes, our military is strong, but our economy isn't. Our, our economy couldn't deal with a respiratory virus for 12 months. We're talking about House of Cards. Boy. It's, it's still it's still the strongest economy in the world. Correct. So. <laughs> Correct. Who's your daddy? Uh, Who's your daddy? All right. Okay. Barstool can't prop up this economy. <laughs> Shout out Portnoy. It's strong till it's not. If if listen, there are seven stuff. I put up ten yesterday. You did. If I had to put my life on it, I couldn't name you forty stocks to invest in if it risked me or Xander's life. And I'm one of the best to ever do this. Impossible to put up forty. You look to Spain, Mercado Libre's even having problems. Like you know, it is tougher and tighter than ever. The credit spreads are not where they should be. Interest rates are too high. Defaults are happening. No one's still talking about Evergrande the way that it should. Just the scene in the big short when he's like throwing the blocks in the trash can before everything topples over. It sounds crazy, but we'll see. And I can't wait till it all blows up so we can see who's here so we can get the fake out the way. And that's not 2024 going to be different. Ooh, baby. Ooh. Mm -mm -mm. We got to start making that call to Omaha. I ain't talking to Peyton Manning. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Bud. Listen, <laughs> I'm just saying, the people who built Hudson Yards, I don't know if they got their money back yet. That was an interesting deal. Wrong timing. The price in which you buy means everything. But what do I know? I'm just some fair-skinned black man on YouTube. Next segment. I love let's you. Pray. Let's, see, let's see what pray. I got to make sure I go through. Let's pray for world peace. Yep. Let's pray for world that, peace. That, I agree. We need love. that. Love is all we need. Hey, let's Troy, pray. Hammer, we got to pray just to make it today. Shout out Toby. Right. That's a hit. That was a hit. <laughs> stop playing. Y'all gonna stop yeah. playing. Shout out, shout out to mm -hmm. Hammer. Um, all right, let's bring our, our second guest on if we can. Hello. Salute. There you go. Salute. What's happening with the family, man? What's good man, with you, good brother? You. Man, we having very interesting, powerful conversations. I'm happy to I be mean, here. which is which is why it felt it felt very high level. So it's yes. only right that as always yes. we, we had you join it. Yes. Well, you you know, first of all, thank you for having me on again. You got you brothers are always high level with or without me, so it's always a pleasure being on this show. King T'Challa, I was gonna say it, Black Panther, and I like the camera angle. I see the, I see the you know, all of this was natural, actually. I didn't, 
I didn't think about it till I leaned back. I mean, you're such a high creative, though. <laughs> I see you getting your Kugler on. Come on. Yeah, I'm working. The novices do the straight on angle, right? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm working on the sequel. Got you. King Charles. I might not need Marvel. That's a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. So, fresh <laughs> off the market Monday's extravaganza yesterday in Chicago. Um, let's let's um let's let's get right into it. So, all right. Let's let's pick off. Let's pick up where we left off yesterday, shall we? Um, let's talk about artificial intelligence. Mm. Um, you gave some great commentary yesterday about artificial intelligence. So, I think you could probably provide that level of in- intellect, or if you want to add some other spin on it. Um, but I'm just interested to see, you know, how you are currently using artificial intelligence and how people in their day to day life. Cause you know, everybody hears about AI, but they're like, how does this affect me? How does this impact me? Mm-hmm. And you know, people watch Earn Your Leisure to get information so they can actually, you know, help their situation when they watch Market Mondays. It's like, I want to learn something so I can go into the stock market and, and start investing. I want to learn something. I can go into the real estate. I want to learn something. And so yeah, what can we give them is for artificial intelligence? Well, you know, we living in the age of AI. You know, I always like to start there. You know, the age of the AI is creating self-realization machines, right? You know, if you go to biblical verse, I think it's chapter three, verse 14, they talk about, you know, it's it's very, everybody should look that up because it talks about the great I am. And I heard somebody giving a breakdown. It was explaining the I am as the AI, basically saying that if we ever get to a point of singularity, right, then that's when the world as we know it will be changed because machines will have so-called consciousness, right? And that's the high level, right? That's the idea of the singularity that people are afraid of, of one day machines ruling man and man creating its own God, right? An artificial God, if you will. Now I bring that up because most people don't realize how much, how artificial the world currently is in its current state from artificial bodies, from artificial food, from artificial insemination, artificial information, right? There's so many things that are artificial today and we're just living in the world of grand illusions at a grand scale, right? Nothing is as what it seems, right? The lack of authenticity is making people jump onto things that have any breath of fresh air of truth in it. And this is why we get to see polarization of figures whether they're good or bad, but when they be themselves and it's authentic and it's true, you see the world grasp onto them. And we see this in the industry today. Now, as I glossed over that, you know, um, thought process, and you can kind of see more on my high-level conversation I did for the last two of them. It's, it went deep onto that process. But to kind of go into some tactical and more practical ways of utilizing artificial intelligence And, you know, we can call it AI or we can just call it these tools or these systems, right? Um, Because we don't address social media by, you know, ISP or the internet protocol that's behind it. We address it by its use case, right? And I think that that's important to state when we start talking about use case. So for me, the first use case that we talked about was in London at Royal Albert Hall. Um, And this was before anybody was talking about AI. 
And the reason that I had got on board and was studying it because I was studying generative design, which wasn't even talking about AI, but it was talking about the ability for engineers and, you know, designers to directly work with machines to be able to create designs that normally weren't possible. So I was saying generative AI is going to be the future. And I always like to look ahead when I'm trying to find what the future is. And so now we are in the prompt engineering phase of reality where I believe that the best jobs in the world will be based on prompt engineering and prompt engineering is simply figuring out a way for, you know, you to get the best result from AI once you give it a prompt the same way if you're trying to get the best results out of an employee when you tell them to do something. But the way you tell and the, the clarity of your instructions, right, will be directly in measurement and determination of the results that you get from the people. Right. The same thing with the machines. You have to train them to be effective. Right. And as you're training them to be effective, you're going to get better results. So I utilize ChatGPT a lot, especially these days, because they just upgraded it in multiple different ways. So they have the AI where you can speak directly to it. And this AI is is going to speak directly back to you in a more natural language. So now you can speak to it instead of just type to it. So I can say, hey. I want you to give me an overview on the war. I want you to get an overview on the beginning of the stock market. And they'd be like, sure. And I can tell it how to address me. So it may say, sure, 19 keys. So if you watch, as we talked about yesterday, Iron Man, you know, then you that they had Jarvis, which was a AI model that was multimodal, meaning that it can do multiple things. It can scan the internet, right? It can, you know, create images, videos, it can break down data, right? It can do so many different things. So the world basically has a billion dollar tool in its pocket. But the thing is, is how will you use it, right? So for me, I utilize it in all different ways. And research is one of the number one things. So research with AI, you have to be careful because a lot of people don't like double checking sources whatsoever. So if ChatGPT lies to you, how will you know, right? Now, bar AI have what they call AI constitution. This AI constitution has it built into where it will double check itself. And if it does mess up and it glitches or as they call have a mirage or whatever. Right. Um, then it will go back and it will fix it and give you the correct information. Now, there is a way where you can go into the settings of ChatGPT and do that when you go and customize it. And I always tell it to every time, you know, you do something, I need you to run a report and tell me why this is true. So it reinforces the data that it gives me to make sure that it's not giving me incorrect data. Now, there's a this is basically a whole curriculum, just how to utilize ChatGPT within itself. Before we even go to Bard and Claude and all of these other different AI systems and tools that's out there. And the reason I'm focusing on just chat and not even the other ones yet, because we are in a deep age of fast consumption. And this yeah. fast consumption got people just jumping on to wave to wave to wave to wave to wave without actually learning how to surf, right? And so for me, it's about digesting the information, finding a true value. And from there, you can become a true creative. And the true creatives are ones who learn how to use the tools the best way possible, not waiting just for instructions, right? When you're waiting for instructions, you have to continuously be handheld and walk through things in order to know what to do next and or you become a carbon copy of the original. So all we see is the same thought process played over and over and over. But when you jump into these systems and you start playing with them and utilizing them, 
like my brother, um, Mr. Grateful. I was out at the Instagram headquarters with him. And, you know, he had went into the AI and he said, can you give me a strategy for the next six months yeah. on how I can gain 50,000 followers? Right now, he followed this to the T, yeah. right? And to this day, he has, I think, up to like 100 to 200,000 yeah, followers. Yeah, he should be like a 150, something like that. And he was, so most people don't know, Mr. Grateful was originally working with me and for me, he was doing a lot of the thumbnails and things of nature behind the scene. He had no following whatsoever, right? So maybe like a thousand, two thousand followers. So he directly correlates his whole entire following and the strategy and the implementation of it from utilizing this tool that is AI, right? In its correct manner. And this is why I told him early on, I said, listen, AI is you know, a tool, my formula for AI is AI plus EI, right? Um, artificial intelligence, no, AI plus NI equals EI. Artificial intelligence plus natural intelligence equals enhanced intelligence, right? So he took ideas that he already had existing, took this billion dollar tool, and then he utilized that in order to create a plan of implementation so he can have a framework of execution. So therefore he been winning and now, he, he, he in his second phase of AI teaching them how to get six figures, and he was able to do that. So while a lot of people plan with these tools, there are a lot of people who are actually utilizing it to make money and yeah. create greater business efficiencies and practices. People are losing their job, not because they have to, but because a lot of people won't utilize the AI to replace the services that they do, which means that you should be able to render services faster and or cheaper. Right. But when you're charging people the same amount and it takes you less time to do the work and you're not adjusting your prices and then a person goes on and they type them a prompt and they like, wait a minute, I was able to get this done. And I'm thinking about all the money I can save. Then, of course, I'm going to decrease that overhead by getting rid of you. And then in the future, I may just hire somebody that can do that for me or AI may be trained so well that it knows me. So when I tell AI to do something, they know exactly the parameters in which I want it done. So I don't need the full stack of services from people because they have skill sets that I don't have. Yeah. So the time that we're living in with the AI right now is the time where, you know, you have the smartest people in the world working for you, but you have to learn how to tell them what to do and to manage the services of these skill sets. I, I know I've asked you this before, but do you think prop engineering for this era is going to be as important as coding in the early 2000s? More important. Um, way, more, way more because prompt engineering is in more than just technology right so when you're talking about coding typically you're talking about somebody rendering services for a website for some engineering back end stuff prompt engineering goes into all fields yeah. whether you are in fashion whether you are in business whether you are in food right you can go and generate recipes the prompt engineering goes into politics. It goes into almost every single field, right, that we have currently today. So prompt engineering is another way of saying I can manage these skills for you, right? I can manage these services for you. And if you really want to become good at it, like learning different, like even if I go on there and I want to get certain things done, it's, it's really a, uh, you know, a process to get the best results out of AI, Right. Because I can say, hey, design me a flyer for a thumbnail. And then it can design me anything based on it having access to billions of metrics of art direction that it can go. 
But when I can give it direction, I can say, I need you to do a 16 by nine dimension. I got this, uh, let me show y'all this book I got in front of me. So this big book of graphic design, <laughs> right? So I can go into this big book of graphic design and I can go look at different graphic artists from different eras that have different styles. And based on knowing the art direction of those styles, I can tell ChatGPT to make something similar and or inspired by. So great. now it's getting closer to what's in my mind's eye and it can bring it out, right? But if I don't study this, then I don't have the framework and the references, right, to know what to do. Now, AI at one point in time is going to get so good. You say, AI, can you give me different art directions and give me names? So when I give you directions, you and me are on the same page. Like you're going to be able to talk to AI like that. But for now, in the early stages, yeah. right? Prop engineering is so important because the owner of the business don't want to have to deal with the AI themselves. Real keys. One one of the most important parts uh, of AI is going to be the data storage, right? In order to have prompt engineering, you have to have somebody prompting, and you have to keep feeding the tool, feeding the tool as it learns. It gives you more answers and more responses. I wanted when after we spoke yesterday, I started thinking to myself, this feels like similar to a technology that we saw maybe 10 years ago in cryptocurrency, where this technology is new, but the energy that it caused to, I guess, mine was something that people weren't thinking about and how much that caused. Do you think that people, because I'm always looking at how people can implement it and how they can take advantage of it, right? Number one, educate themselves around it. But how can we create careers inside of it? So Ian, I'm glad you brought up coding because that's what was being pushed to kids for generations. Yeah. Is it now a, a, a part of us that now we should be looking on data storage? Is it cloud service, AWS, Azure, right? Cause ChatGPT is storing all this everywhere somewhere. Are these are the type of places that we should maybe put our eyes and our focus on? I would say all of them. I mean, any infrastructure around AI is gonna be valuable, right? I would say directly as ways to benefit from AI SaaS, so software services. Um, I would say, like, if just think about the problems that we have within business, right? I had one of my um, coders, and, and and I don't even I hate calling him into just like a coder or anything of that nature, but he's really a tech engineer. And one of them was like creating decks for entrepreneurs, right, where they can type in their ideas or. It can scan their different social medias. And the idea was giving the average entrepreneur, right, access to these tools um, and these business tools that they would need, things that you probably don't learn about a little later into your journey. But it was like, how do we create these softwares that solve problems that we didn't get to solve to later on? Or maybe you didn't have access to the right people, network, right, finances, but it's like when you start thinking about all of the problems we have, think about how you can create an AI tool to solve it, right? Obviously, content creation is such a huge thing. So people went and say, okay, well, I'll do editing software and tools. So now you have all of these editing software and tools, right? People want to add B-roll. So now people are utilizing the text to prompt to create pictures that can coincide with the words that you're speaking. So you can go in and put B-roll inside of your content. So when you're talking about software as a service, it's the same thing with financial literacy. How can you utilize AI to solve the problems of the financially illiterate within the world? You all were talking about real estate earlier, right? How can you go on AI and utilize AI as a way to, you know, um, scan whether these are good deals, whether these are transparent or ways that you can audit people if you want to, 
it's going to be much harder in the future to scam because AI is going to be right there as an assistant helping you along throughout whatever process and for whatever question that you have. There's literally going to be an AI for everything. Yeah. And I don't believe like besides ChatGPT and like Bard and a few other ones that's out there, none of them have really such a big brand name that they get to be the Coca-Cola of AI. That means that all of this is up for grabs and meaning that you don't have to be the coder. You have to be the one with the great idea and the execution. Right. So that means that now you don't even have to have ever been in tech. But if you can think about an issue that's in your service, in your industry. Right. And you can fund the creation of that tool to solve that problem. Then you can start bringing in traffic and making money now. Right. So for this space, I would considerably just looking at how do I solve problems and how do I use this to this new technology to solve problems? Yeah. Would you say that AI is like what, what apps should have been? Cause if you look at like most of the things that were created, like you had Craigslist back in the nineties and then babysitting services went to care.com limos went to uber do you think that ai in this generation is going to be what we wish apps could have been maybe eight or nine years ago hell yeah because it's like being able to talk to the apps basically yeah. <laughs> you know I, it's, it's these are smart applications if you will it's like a lot of the things that we thought was missing ai is just going to be filling those gaps and bridging i think yeah. is especially for younger generation like you know like i know you know, transhumanism is going to be very real where people are really going to be taking Elon Musk's headwear and putting it on a brain, yeah. right? Like people are putting the glasses on now at, and they, they always bring in these tools as if they're like a medical service for people that need additional assistance. But then eventually it's just going to be for everybody, right? Yeah. The same way Adderall was supposed to be for people who had ADHD and everybody's using it to as a focus drug, right? Yeah. So it's going to be the same thing with AI, right? These tools of enhancement. So I believe that the younger generation is going to see AI as so normal and standard. They're not going to have that same pause of, ah, I don't want to use these things. I don't want to do all that. And once the thing has been invented, it can't be uninvented. They're going to want to use it in every single way possible. When your child is utilizing AI tools, that's when you know it's here, it's forever, and the future has hit that that signal that lets you know, all right, now this is the new standard. So let's do this. Before we leave this AI conversation, I want to kind of, I have a, a suspicion. I don't, I don't think the vast majority of people have ever actually even used AI for like an advanced level. They've used it like inadvertently, but they probably have never used any of these. So I identified four platforms, ChatGBT, Claude, Anthropic, Bart. Um, so I want to get everybody's take on these different um, platforms and how each individual person has used one of these platforms to actually help themselves. I think that that would be beneficial for the audience. It's a great question. Uh, for me, I don't know, I've been nine months or something like that, that I've been using chat GPT. I use it for all emails for a while. I was using it for all text replies. Um, I help to filter some of the research that I do that I send my telegram channel for stock club. I do use it to do some like analysis and what the stuff that I was seeing in media, like the destruction of the podcast space, Disney. So I went and took a data set from the early 1800s and compared it through now to see which uh, like radio stations and shows started to collapse as TV came in. So 
I use it as a tool uh, to analyze, like to see what market trends were going to go. Um, and even on like, you know, scripting ideas, TV show side, like it's been an additional brain, honestly, for me. Like if I look at my tabs and chat GP, I probably have six, 700 tabs um, in there. So I've used it like an executive assistant that I don't have to talk to. And same thing after the Madison Square Garden show, like once I start uh, using the platform and playing with it, I, I was like, hey, I'm sorry, but I let 12 people go. And chat GPT has been a lot more efficient. To those who are lost, I had to lose you to become better. My apologies. <laughs> more efficient. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I'll talk about uh, Anthropic. I spoke about it a little bit last night, but it, this is yeah. a perfect time. Um, like I said, it's something that can summarize large pieces of data. And so I'll give a prime example of how I'm probably going to use it this week. It's a big earnings week. And so you got Microsoft, Google, Meta, Amazon all reporting. Rather than going through their 20 page report, I can save that PDF, put it in Anthropic, tell Claude, summarize this for me, and it'll give it to me in 10 seconds in a paragraph. And so now it makes my study and my research and my data collection even more efficient because I can do it in less than 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, and then I get to cross-reference it, right? So especially in, last night I spoke about how I'm investing with it. I get to cross-reference, right? I get to use as many analysts and experts that are in the space that have come to a conclusion. I get to cross-reference what they have against what I'm doing and say, all right, well, we're in the same ballpark or let me see where they got it from. And it, it, it does it really detailed. Now I only showed you to summarize, but if I asked it to, or if I prompted it to do more, it could. Um, so I use Claude, I, I use ChatGPT every now and then when, you know, when we have an interview, um, I'll put in uh, the guest's name and I'll say, it I'll, helps. Prompt it, I'll prompt it just to get ideas. Like, oh wait, I never thought about that. Cause it yep. might be a piece of information that I forgot right? Because some of these people have a, a vast career and sometimes you might miss a piece of something that happened 15 years ago. And so sometimes it'll give me a fresh reminder of, oh, wait, that this, this might have been a critical piece of something that happened or a business venture was spawned from that idea. So I use ChatGPT in that way as well. Um, yeah, I use ChatGPT every day. As I said before previously, I don't know if you're not using artificial intelligence every day um, and you're a business owner or a creator, I don't know. I'm not sure how, I don't know. I don't know how you're, how you're functioning. I really don't. I think you're doing yourself a tremendous disservice and I think you're doing your business a disservice because there's no, there's no way that you can function at, a, at an extremely high level in 2023 would not without implementing artificial intelligence daily yeah that's going to be extremely hard to do so i i use it for a variety of different reasons i use chat gbt to summarize articles um on the go if i want to if i want to just get the cliff notes i'll just put the article in there and it'll put it into two paragraphs i use chat gbt to um write a lot a lot of stuff whether it's captions or whether it's YouTube descriptions or YouTube titles or variety of different things, you know, give it a variety of different talking points and then say, summarize this. Um, now the thing is it, as I said yesterday, it's like a performance enhancement. You still have to be able to perform though. Right. Yes. So you have to be intelligent enough to, to give it something to actually, you know, decipher, and then you also have to be intelligent enough to read it and then 
change something because it might not be in your it might not be in your actually tone or you might want to add something. So it does give provide a great framework though. For questions, for interviews, it, that makes the process a lot easier for sure. Um, you know, a lot of times people send notes about themselves, a bio. So I'll put the bio in chat GBT and say, make 10 questions about this. And then if I don't like it, I'll say, make 10 questions more focused on business or more focused on how they actually got up and running. And then it'll change it. And then it'll create 10 more questions. So definitely use it for almost every interview that we're, you, that we're doing right now. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, a variety of different factors, but um spell check little stuff like that you know it's like that was that was a, a, a that's some, that's a job right like an editor yeah an editor is a job that you get paid to edit people's work um there's no really need to have an editor with chat gbt just say correct it little things like that make a big difference right um spell check spell check this check it for grammatical mistakes um <laughs> Things like that. So, yeah, it's um, it's it's something that I think you ha you have to be able to to utilize that. But that's personally how I'm utilizing it. If you're interested, um, that's personally how I've been utilizing ChatGPT every day. Uh yeah, I utilize a lot of different tools. Uh, there's a tool. It's called VizComp, right? VizComp is a design tool to where uh, I can take, I, I, I had some old sketches and I wanted to make some shoes and it was in probably in my, my phone and my notebook for years. And I had uploaded that sketch and it created a 3d representation of that shoe. Right. Maybe took me about two, three prompts to get it to almost exactly what was in my mind's eye. Right. So it was like, I think years ago I had to hire an industrial designer to try to get somebody to create that same 3D representation in 4K, right? And so it's like, I'll be using tools like that because when I want to create, you know, um, was like drafts of different products that I want to have done, now I can send this directly to designer. So I'm skipping the whole step out the process, right? Yeah. Whether I'm glasses, whether it's shoes, whether it's clothing, whatever it may be, right? So I usually go to thewarehouse.ai and they have a list of different AIs. Oh yeah, that's a gem. So if you go there, now you have like a directory that you can go through of different AIs. But this Viscom is super key. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's allowing you to create sketch to render. So if you are in design whatsoever, I use it for that. Um, of course, editing, I use opus.ai. Um, but I use multiple ones for for editing, but Opus Day AI have used that recently. Um, and that has done really well. If you see the last clip that I had where I, I was at Revolt and I was talking about black women and that clip went crazy, that was directly from AI. It currently has 350,000 plays um and 25,000 likes. And AI told me that that was going to be a good viral one. So I listened to it, I tried it out, and they happened to be correct. Right now, too, in addition to not to cut yeah. you off, but the combination of, of that scoring, like you talked about yesterday, with the headline makes it way, way easier. You spent yeah. I paid copyrighted three grand for a bundle of headlines and stuff back in the day. Like Chat GPT in terms of return, and like like you said, Opus AI, oh. get much, 
man, those are some of the best investments I've made this year. It, it, it's definitely been the it's the number one business tool ever created, <laughs> ever created in, in the history of humankind, right? So you got the um, so ChatGPT, and I'll tell you exactly how I use it. So if you're using it, you gotta have the 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 ChatGPT Plus because I seen somebody saying ChatGPT don't have all those things you said that they do. You just don't have the version that I have, right? Yeah, I, I'm gonna pay to play each time. I'm I'm never that person that minds paying for a new tool because I always want to see what's the best benefit out of it, right? Um, and this tool is way worth it. If this tool is a thousand dollars a month, it'd still be worth it, right? ChatGPT Plus. Now, on this, they have what you call custom instructions, right? Now, if you go to the custom instructions, it has two tops, um, two boxes. It says, "What would you like ChatGPT to know about you to provide better responses?" So this is when you're going to tell ChatGPT who you are. You can tell it your education level if you want to. You can tell it what your goals are, who you are. So it's responding to you as you, right? So you're now customizing ChatGPT. The second one is going to be how would you like ChatGPT to respond? Now, I like when ChatGPT responds in bulletin points. I tell it to be neutral in, my, in your answers, right? I might tell it to give me a report like you're talking to an intelligence agency. Or James Bond, give me different frameworks, cross-reference information, right? And make sure that you double check it so that you don't give me incorrect information. And then, of course, I have more things added to that. So, therefore, when you use it, now it's going to say, hey, Mr. Keys, and it's going to directly give me information based on myself, yeah. right? Then I go to the ChatGPT. It's going to have ChatGPT4. It has default mode. It has browse with Bing, which means it can surf the internet, right? Um, Ian talked about some of the greatest use cases, which is your research and research department. So now every business has a research department if you have this tool and you use it correctly. Of course, it has plugins. These plugins can be used for amazing things. You can use it to um, connect to your Shopify, right? And then it can run programs. I don't have time to teach you everything that it can do, but if you start playing around with these plugins, it gets crazy. You have Dolly E3. Um, Dolly E3 creates images for you. Um, so at one point in time, I know all of these because you got to click to each one and like set it to different modes. At one point in time, they're all going to be one mode yeah. and it's just going to be a super tool. So, you know, with Bard or Claude, I upload because they have a greater token rate because they say I think each like three words is like one token. So just to kind of understand what that means. And on Claude, they have way more tokens than you can utilize in ChatGPT, even though ChatGPT just increased it. So that means I can go on there and I can upload a damn book and it can summarize it for me. Or I can upload a summary or not a summary, but a uh, link to something and it can still read that link. Right now, this is important because it it decreases the amount of time. And this is my biggest thing with AI is that it's all about. A wealth transfer to me and a different type of wealth transfer because yeah. we wealth is time time and resources and so everybody's been giving these time and resources and i'm gonna keep saying it over and over there's good there's bad there's ugly i like to focus on the good and ai as a good is giving those who have been without these resources of the big boys even though they probably got even greater ais now you now have it in your hands so Go to the warehouse.ai, you know, and I will just go through these tools and I'll put in your 10,000 hours.
All right, let's switch topics, shall we? Let's talk about crypto. Um, <laughs> so NFTs, but I'll just tie NFTs into crypto. So crypto is something that um, people still kind of have a lot of uh, reservation when it comes to crypto. Um, but, you know, think that it all plays into a bigger play as far as Web3 and NFTs and, you know, blockchain. So what's your thoughts on the future of crypto? Uh, future of crypto. I mean, I think it's the same thing as the future of money, period. Um, when we did the interview on The Breakfast Club, uh, during that time, we was coming from London, and that's what I was heavily researching is, what is the future of money, right? I think that's where the conversation about crypto in itself is, right? Whether Where's the best places to store your money? You all talked about possible World War Three scenario, right? Um so I want to kind of take this conversation and think about 10 years from now, right? Not today, not tomorrow, 10 years from now, does cryptocurrency matter, right? 10 years from now, what's the price of gold? What's the price of Bitcoin? What's the price of Ethereum, right? Where is the dollar, right? Where's bricks, right? That's the conversation around money because we're going into a complete digital age, right? The so-called de-dollarization, right? But we know we're specifically going to a cashless society. So whether it's a CBDC coin, right? A Citrobank digital coin, or whether it's a cryptocurrency, which would be kind of like the world's coin, if you will, but not to be confused with world coin, which is a whole nother conversation. Um, I think that, you know, certain cryptos like your Bitcoins and your Ethereums, those are your digital golds. I think that hasn't changed for me in 10 years, um, 10, 20 years down the line, because we really want to think even farther out, right? It's what is your children's money, right? And so for me, it only makes sense to diversify. Bitcoin is up 60%, right, for this year. Um, I think it's hitting, I think it hit almost close to what, 34,000 because 34, of- 000, yeah. Uh, yeah, 34,000, yep. So, you know, Bitcoin in the last 12 years has been a great trade if whether you're going in there and you're doing, you know, daily trades, whether you're going in there and you buying it at the right time and you're holding. Bitcoin stays in the conversation and it hasn't been eliminated by no one yet. Right. No matter how much and what information has came about. You talked about this yesterday. You know, Diamond of JP Morgan Chase, he said he didn't believe in it. Right. They said Warren Buffett been making money off Bitcoins and directly in different ways. No matter what has been said about Bitcoin, there's been a way to make money off Bitcoin. Right. Yeah. And it has survived every conversation thus far. And if we possibly go into a World War Three scenario and also a question I have for Ian, what does that do for the Bitcoin price? To the moon. <laughs> um, I, I, I said it last week, like if we get the BlackRock approval for ETF, we'll go to 33,935. Guess what? Today, BlackRock spot Bitcoin ETF is now listed on NASDAQ trading clear and firm. 34,000. If we go to war, crypto will go to the upside. This is the part where do you pick morality over money or do you use the information that you have to profit off of what's happening? Well, I think that that was an interesting framework that you just put in there because now you've made it a moral question for a moral dilemma for people. Um, and I wasn't even well, looking. I'll be honest, all investing is a moral dilemma. 
I was looking at it as a uh, as an asset manager way of like what's the best what's what's the best way to protect your purchasing power, right? Inflation is disrespectful, yeah. right? We know that inflation is way higher than anybody has ever admitted that it is, right? And so with inflation being so goddamn high, your hundred dollars is no longer worth a hundred. I was just out in uh, Wilmington and they gas was like three four dollars out here. You know what I mean? It's like in, in California, it's like eight dollars. Oh my god, yeah. Right. And that's like 50% in two different states flying from one coast to the other. Yeah. And you talk about food prices and just flying, period. So your whether you making you was making fifty thousand or a hundred thousand, it's not worth the same anymore. So yeah. when you have money, it's burning, right? It's it's melting, it's disappearing. So a person is just looking at the global landscape saying, okay, based on this situation, where should I put my money now? Based on this, where should I put it? Right. And we know in these times of uncertainty and these wars is happening and if these commodities get locked up over wars, then the digital gold becomes the new gold. Right. We sure I'm sure we're going to see some fluctuation in gold price, even though they continue to keep that down. So for me, the future of crypto, you know, depends on the future of you know, the, the 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 global economy and the new world order, if you will, and where all things go. But I can say, um, you know, with a bit of certainty that it ain't going nowhere and that everybody should be diversified and have a percentage of their portfolio, depending on what they believe their risk tolerance is for, it, you know, in cryptocurrency. Yeah. And I will say, if you truly believe in Bitcoin, I'm not a, the foremost crypto expert in the world, even though I was in it in 2015. When Matt really told me about it at Facebook. Um, you may have three or four years before you get priced out of it. I keep saying Larry Fink is on TV. Shout out to the entire staff at BlackRock talking this book. Now that this is going to be institutionalized, it's going to be taken away from the people and we're going to be priced out of it, much like a lot of the property in the United States. Mm. So if you believe in it, I would say stack up on it now before it's too late. Because once you get a lot of these ETFs rolling and you get a lot of more institutional buying in, you're going to get priced out until they have like fractional reserve shares that you can buy. When you, when you say priced out, are you referring to Bitcoin specifically or in Bitcoin general? Specifically. To the, uh, yeah, because Keys, I, I, I pose a question to, in terms of the space because I noticed you said cryptocurrency. You weren't very specific about just Bitcoin because you don't really hear people talking about outside of the, you know, the SEC case with XRP. We don't hear people talking about Cardano. We don't hear people talking as much about Solana and Polygon, all these other altcoins, meaning anything outside of Bitcoin. What's your thoughts around people keeping their eye and investing inside of those uh, projects as well? Or is it still too early? We need to see the use case for those. No, I mean, I think the use case has been shown. Um, it's the industry that people are looking at, looking at the strength of it. I think when Ian just brought up a, a very good point. If people are priced out of that, they're going to look for other different, you know, places to put that value. In, right. So we still talk about Ethereum. We still talk about some of the top ones, the 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 Ripples, the Cardonas and things of that nature. I think that you're probably going to have a better upside on those just percentage wise if you Absolutely. find the um, And so it's the same thing of finding some of these micro ones that aren't going to be in the news that you may have to do some you know, investigation and some research into whether there's some gaming ones. There's going to be a lot of interesting things. And this is where probably is a good category of research 
gaming crypto, right? So let's say that whether it's NFTs or whether it's crypto, they're naturally integrated within these gaming systems, right? Mm -hmm. And daily life. And people are utilizing this money because they're spending more time in this simulated reality, right? Then that's going to be a huge influx. The same way people have been spending or little children have been spending your digital money in the app store. If that transfers over to a cryptocurrency, right, because their game is on a blockchain, then you're going to see an increase in money there, right? I think that it's smart to look at where nobody is looking, right? I say that again because that's the key investment, Jim. <laughs> it's it is because you can't look at the news. We know the news is not going to tell you where to invest, right? When you're looking when nobody else is looking, and that thing goes up, it becomes the news, which is more time where you make your money, right? And so for me, it's like if you want to be serious about this thing, as he said, man, do your research. Like. It's, it's the, the, the easy money era is not here right now, but oh, the research right. money era, oh, that's upon us. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be tomorrow, right? And this is why I'm telling people, slow down. Even myself, with everything. Like, I'm moving slower, which makes me move faster, right? Because I, you get to make better moves, right? I have no necessity to keep up with anybody, mm -hmm. right? I'd rather move at my pace because the world will constantly push you to this, 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 and you're missing so much. So instead, this is the research area. You have research tools at your disposal. So I would sit back, I would research, I would craft a 10-year plan. Um, why does it make sense that these will go up? If something changes in the world, change your plan, change your strategy, right? But I think you can right now go start looking at things that nobody is seeing that is probably, you know, you can scoop up for, you know, pennies on a dollar. And if you hold those, yeah, when it five is going to prop yeah. up, man, you can see yourself with a lot of money. Yeah. Speaking of buying at the right price, Michael Saylor's Bitcoin investment strategy is down negative 54 million. Mm. Unrealized gain. So when people say that buying at the right price doesn't matter, doesn't matter how much capital you have, bigger firm. I'm not saying that he's going to go under. Michael's actually a great ambassador and great investor, um, but buying at the right price. What is yeah. he, number three in crypto in Bitcoin holdings? Yeah, I believe so. He's three or four. Yep. Now, what price does he have to go to in order for him to be profitable? They should go to chat GPT or Bard and put the price in chat. Homework assignment time. <laughs> so would your you homework it hit different when you do your homework so is that is that if bitcoin goes to forty thousand, what is currently micro strategy at? is it is micro strategy a good buy right now for if bitcoin goes to forty thousand? i wouldn't touch it not not at that price i would probably do a spread i still i still like bitcoin if it gets back to twenty three thousand, that's the price that i would like to load but but once it crosses 35, 36, that's not a buy area. No, no, not Bitcoin, but micro oh, micro strategy. I, I, I wouldn't touch. It. I would need to draw, draw down more before I would want to buy into it. And I like Michael a lot as an investor. Um, but you can buy. Well, same with Burry. Like Burry, great investor. His risk tolerance is too high for my blood. Mm. Like Michael will sit through a loss yeah. for four months, and he'll be right. But man, holding a drawdown and unrealized gain like that, oh my God. Yeah, I mean, him buying a lot of those times when it was 40 and 50, you know, that's his like unwavering, undoubting belief in Bitcoin, a Bitcoin maximus. Like, 
I would not do. I mean, his risk tolerance is he don't he don't have a risk tolerance. It just don't exist. He just put it all in. He, but, he, he, he just went positive. Okay. He just went, he so he he bought he has a hundred and fifty eight thousand Bitcoin. He had it at uh thirty uh, twenty seven thousand. And okay. so today when it when it crossed over that thirty mark, he finally went to the green by literally like fifteen hundred per coin. Oh, I might have him on high level, man. <laughs> Make sure the timing's right. <laughs> Get him now. We gonna wait till his wave passes positive mark. When they hit 45, then there's time to sit down with it. Until the timing's right. All right, Keys. Well, I know you got a show in LA coming up, right? So oh, um, yeah. let's let me know sure. about that. And Toronto, tell us the lineup. Come on, Toronto too. So listen, man, it's been a special treat being able to tour, first of all. I'm I'm very if there's anything that humbles me, it's touring, right? Touring, uh, being able to meet the people, greet the people, speak to the people in person. Hear the testimonials. The testimonials that I get alone, man, shit, they, they bring tears to my eyes a lot of times because we do a lot of this work and don't realize the impact that we're having in households and neighborhoods and the minds of people in dark places and people's businesses. It's an extreme amount of love, right? So touring to me is a labor of love. And they've been asking me to come back to the West Coast. Uh, or come to the West Coast because we didn't get to add the West Coast on there. And they've been asking to come back to Toronto, even though we did double back-to-back shows. But we got something special for each one of those. And we got a lot of special guests lined up. I actually got two calls for two people that's supposed to be guests for the show. Um, you know, we want to make, uh, not want to, we are creating a new culture, new experiences that, and this is where culture meets consciousness, right? In this development that this journey i'm on that you on we are all learning together we are all growing together right there is no movement unless there are people so when i do an event and the people show up that's to me saying that there's a movement when you are doing an event and people show up that's a movement it's not a movement because you put the call out it's a movement because the people show up and we are in desperate need of new type of experience that represent where we want to be right because Yes, you can go to a concert of your favorite entertainer, and oftentimes that's to distract you from the true value of things that you should be paying attention to. But this is what I call passive learning, where you are enjoying yourself, you are being entertained, you're being invigorated, you're being inspired, right? But you're also learning at the same time, right? Because when I watch shows, and this is a thing and I want people to get, no matter what you watch, you're learning something, whether it's negative or positive, Right? We are in this constant phase of distracting ourselves, taking in information. And I was thinking about this because the other day, you know, I was just sitting back and I was uh, I was watching the show and, you know, I found my head kind of just bobbing to it as I was watching. I'm like, damn, when I leave and I'm done watching this, this information in my head has nothing to do with my reality and it's not useful whatsoever. Right. So that was a passive distraction. Right. That was taking me away from where I wanted to be. And my shows is passive education, right? And passive entertainment. It, number one is inspiration. It's going to be passion there. So anyway, LA, West Coast show, Toronto, West Coast show. Ian said, Ian, can I tell them what you said you might do? First. So let me get, give me 12 hours to confirm. <laughs> you know, give we got to, you know, give I like to give, give me, listen, 
Uh, the four agreements must be impeccable with our word. Got to double first. check, right? I asked first. Yeah. I don't know. The, the, my brothers over here might pop up with some of that drip. I don't know. Because they always trying to outshow me on the drip. And the, the scorecard is definitely highly favored in my way. You know? Wow, 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 wow. Well, I'm yeah. just speaking some truth because after InvestFest, y'all had to get get on here and talk about drip and not mention 19 keys. Well, the thing about that is that um InvestFest, you know, it was it was a lot of it was a lot of commentary about um the wardrobe and um online. But you weren't mentioned in any of those conversations. <laughs> no, no, I'm just being honest. No, I'm just being honest. No, I'm just being honest. Is this what we doing tonight? <laughs> wow, Hold on, hold on. Listen, Keith, First you need ice hold, hold on, hold on. No, Keith, in all fairness, when we when we check the scoreboard, when we check the scoreboard, you did say now you did say we were up. I don't know how that changed. And we, didn't, we, yeah. we said last night we weren't going to take this into account this last a, night. This is, this is an egregious, gross misinterpretation of my words and actions and or deeds. And definitely my drip report. Now, Rashad, let's address this first. What you meant to say is I was not mentioned negatively whatsoever. Any talk is good talk. Any, any talk is good talk. But now there has been great talk. I didn't have good talk. <laughs> I had great talk. And... um. You know, we had a moment, you know, backstage talking to some billionaire people and things of that nature. And it was just a whole moment about this. And sometimes I know when the expectation is always high around this drip. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm always going to step in the name of drip and I'm always going to show up the way that I'm supposed to. Mm-hmm. So I get it. It's like Keys did that. He won again. Who has second and third place? Let's talk about them. It's over. I get it. That's one of those things, but I know that's not even an accurate portrayal because there have been times when you said, you know what, y'all won today. That that did happen. That has happened. Jordan didn't win every game. (laughs) He didn't win every game, but he has the most rings. That's what it was about. I never said I won every game. You guys are great players. (laughs) You put your best foot forward every time. I, I see constant improvement. You know, um, your percentages are way higher than they ever used to be. And I'm proud. First of all, I'll be the first to tell you every time I see you, I tell you I'm proud, brother. You know, I'm I'm glad to be an inspiration. Um, But I just want to make sure that we always give credit where credit is due. You said that everything has elevated since our partnership. Yes, I was speaking to you all. (laughs) No, but on a serious note, I will say this. I will say this. The mini movie that was on display yesterday, some of the best work that I've ever... And this is not just from in our space, in any in space. In general, yeah, yeah, The level of creativity. Yeah. I mean, the clarity of the picture, the Thank theme. You. My brother, that was in... I didn't get to tell you this last night, so I want to tell you in front of everybody right here. Yeah, that was it an incredible... It Piece of art, for sure. A that little lengthy pause, but incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You know, uh, shout out to the team, man. Shout out to High Level Media. Um, that video that you all seen, and we're gonna play that in Toronto and in um, LA. That's a representation where we want to take things um, yeah. with High Level Media, and just a representation where I want to see everything. Growing up, I didn't always get to see a representation of someone like myself in media. 
So a lot of times I'm always trying to create that that I don't get to see, right? Uh, this partnership is a representation of that. Like I don't get to see black men work together enough. I had to go through bad partnerships to get to good ones. Hey, say it again, ain't it? <laughs> we had to go through bad edits and bad things to get to the good edits and the good shows. And now we are in a much better space. Right. So first of all, thank you all. Shout out to Mechi. Shout out to Jay Pusher. Shout out to the team. We put that together. Actually, it took us a full day. We had to shot two locations. We had actors, wardrobe, everything shot from scratch. And we plan on doing a lot more and plan on working with a lot more people, doing consultancy with high level media and things of that nature. And we will be lacing down the secrets because you gave some great media secrets. I think it's probably going to be the first time why I give up some of those high level secrets of what make us so great and why we had number one show in the world. That's fire. No, nah, that was not. Nah, I was definitely dope, man. So get your tickets. 19 Keys will be in L.A. on Saturday, correct? Yes, sir. Saturday. And when's your Toronto show? It's Toronto, I believe, is the third. I believe it's the third. OK, so get your tickets to L.A. Saturday, then Toronto on the third. Um, 19 Keys high level tour uh, has been ripping and, uh, and running across the whole entire United States, uh, he's on the final leg of his tour, like we're on the final leg of our tour. So make sure you see him live. Yes. Um, it's going to be an experience for sure. Yep. So, Keys, appreciate you, brother. Man, appreciate yeah, y'all, man. Give my love to the family, too. Yes, sir. Likewise, man. Hey, listen, first of all, we left out Ian. Ian, you have been doing an incredible job on the drip, man. From your journey of starting, you know, to where you are today. <laughs> I, I know because we don't mention any conversation. Listen, I don't got to be mentioned as long as I say. No, he, started, he started with the suits. Ian actually started. Ian Yo, started with Big suits. Fendi. Oh, I was going to say that. Let me, let me, Big Fendi. I give my brother his credit. Let me finish. <laughs> you know, we, we've seen growth and evolution. He started off with the suits. He had the power movement going on heavy. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? He was the, the, the ghost of investing. The St. Patrick. You feel me at the ETFs and <laughs> we, we seeing him in a higher caliber stage where he is more comfortable, right? Expressing himself because he has entered into a new dawn and a new age and the relatability is not in question, right? So there are high marks that I constantly see in his evolution, his journey, right? And the people that he surrounds himself with. So I just want to make sure that when we having this conversation, because at InvestFest, you had a montage that was put together, right? That was correct in the color hue and the spectrum and the palettes that you put together. Thank you. I applaud, right. like, man. You know? So, Troy, shot, relax, this is Ian moment, you know? <laughs> Thank you. We, we need more of these, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Boy, we talking about putting points on the board. We have another conversation. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Blessed are those who share, right, in the gratitude that they receive. And I'm so grateful that Allah has blessed me to step in the name of Drip every single time. Step right? in the name of Drip. So y'all go to 19keys.com slash tour. Make sure you get your tickets. I want to see you all out there. Tag me when you get your tickets. We're going to make a movement out of this. It's going to be a movie. It's going to be beautiful. I appreciate y'all fellas for having me once again. Go to thewarehouse.ai for all of the tools that we mentioned. Um, join the broadcast channel. Yeah, everything. Peace, family. Appreciate you. Thank you. Yo, incredible. Incredible. Right. Jeez, incredible. The greatest compliment giver, but will he want to throw that shade, boy? No, that dude is different. It'll feel like a compliment. Then you like, wait. Ian, turn turn your volume up a little bit. It sounds like your, your volume went a little bit lower. Yeah, 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 a little bit. All right, what about now? Oh, no, nah, now we good. Yep, we good. All right. All right.
Okay. Listen, if y'all want me to bring ghosts back, all I need is a little, little bit more appreciation in the comments. Like, yeah. we ain't going to act like I ain't outperformed some of y'all favorite investors. It's like, I do like I do, you know, whoever I used to date. You know what I mean? I don't get the appreciation by my nose. Yeah, and your, your mini movie was incredible, too. Dope. Thank you, bro. I told you that yesterday, though, but yeah, I'm telling you, you yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. Sure. I mean, we, 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 we at the two-hour mark. We could talk about the intel, but I feel like next week might be a better time for it. Just because of the the person that we have coming on to speak for sure about the space. Oh, he's coming next week. He'll be here next week. Oh my god! And now, yeah, listen to all y'all who make y'all a commentary. You ain't gonna say that about Intel when he pull up. Benito, yeah. boy, I told you. I told Very you. rare when you have the 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 leader of the world uh, in an industry coming to speak. So everybody's in for a treat. Yep. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's been impactful. Um, very impactful conversation today as always we got a bomb coming in november too like in november yeah in what? november or december right which one which one what, what? You, the That's one it. ab put in with the we'll hold it i i ain't gonna give it away all right all right okay. three letters okay. three letters We can skip it. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Speaking of three <laughs> letters, big week for earnings. Like I said, uh, before we wrap, uh, tomorrow we got Microsoft, we got Google, uh, Visa, 3M. It's, I mean, it's a big week. It's a big week. We got Meta on Wednesday. We got Amazon on Thursday. We got Intel, that company we just talked about and had some some uh, news that was hurtful for the for the, the company. Uh, we'll get into that next week. Uh, Chipotle Lee report. It's a big week. It, 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 yeah. Four to five of the big seven uh, will be reporting. Apple and NVIDIA, probably, I think, will be next week. So, You think um, Intel has, like, whole life insurance or term? Because <laughs> you yo, know, I'm going to start making some calls. Yeah, yeah. You got to check, check, the, check the beneficiaries on the, shout on the policy. Out the whole, shout out to Hove, man. He said he would take that. Um, He said that, you know, he, and this is the last thing before we end. He said that he would, um, he would suggest anybody to take $500,000 because he's already given all the information that he can provide in his lyrics. And once again, when I said that I would take the meeting, it, it wasn't about information. What I realized is that you're not going to gain a variety. You can't gain like a life changing amount of information from most people in a conversation. It's the relationship yeah. to be continued. We'll, we'll, we'll follow this up next yeah. week. You saw Ross. Yeah, it's but that's what I'm going to say. Like Jay played it so perfectly to say that, but if Jay want to give you what to do for the next 10 years, like, okay, I'm in the last 30 years, if Jay was a founder, has anyone hit every mark that they said that they were going to hit and more? I don't know. I, that, that that didn't, but if you, if you need the 500, take it. But man, I think, that two, three hour powwow will, will be a game changer. Shout out to Jay. Yep. Say, yeah, I want my old, buy my old albums. All right. <laughs> All right. Why are you well, trying to discredit what you say, Shotty? Oh, no, man. Damon John, tomorrow, one o'clock. Yes. Get your tickets to Ghana, uh, December 27th. We will be in, in Ghana. Yep. Yo, man, be good. Uh, sh happy. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. 
Friday is my pop's birthday. Happy oh birthday, Dad. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Dad. Uh, you know. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to your dad for one, sure. One of the coolest dudes to ever walk the planet. And uh, happy birthday to Rich. Rich, sure. Rich turning big five oh man. Shout out to oh, Rich. Happy birthday, Rich. The whole McDonald family. Shout out to Mike. I see he's here. Mike Mike on a on a run right now. He's yeah, doing, yeah. Legendary. Got a thousand bro. interviews out there. Go check them all out, man. Support our brother. Uh, that's it, man. We out of here until next week. Love is love. Check that episode out tomorrow. Ian, you got anything? Nope. Love y'all. Thank y'all for attending the show. Stock Club Call Sunday. I'll see you guys this weekend at the Black Wealth Summit. Tune into the Damon John episode. JP Morgan uh, event on November 4th. Check out Keys in LA and Toronto. And I, listen, I'm saying, it. Hey, listen, Media secret, I'm learning, right? Whenever there's a little bit of conflict, I see how y'all coming with the low tone, the little Busta Rhymes, slow flow. Matt did it too. I got to add that to the bag. I'll be feeling like Queens flip sometimes. Like, wait, I need to pipe it down. I need a signal. <laughs> Can we be like, yo, uh, power, screen, right? We're on flex when I need to bring it down real quick. Good old Ian. <laughs> All right, y'all. Y'all be good to each other. Peace. Love, love. Peace.